Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now. Ladies and gentlemen. Let's get started. Broadcasting from the shores of the world's most beautiful beaches. This is the most talked about radio show in Bay County. The Brian Rust Morning Show. Melting down snowflakes faster than a blowtorch. And doing it with a smile. Now, here's Brian Rust on News Talk at 101. Welcome to the show. It is a Wednesday, December 14th. Good morning. Thanks so much for tuning in with us today. It's going to be an icky day today. I'm just going to I'm just going to tell you it like it is. Uh, we are expecting some uh, some pretty uh, some pretty nice weather this morning. And actually, I haven't even looked at the radar. Let me I'm kind of a I'm a half organized mess this morning. Really, sometimes I wonder how I even make it through the show do because I've got things got we've got so much to talk about today we also have uh, Michael Wilkerson is going to be joining us later on on the show uh, that's going to be a fun conversation about why America matters which sometimes with some of the things that you look at around the world right now um, America might not matter for much longer and I know that sounds harsh to, to say harsh to hear but there are some things going on in the world and in the country that is just, it's not good, folks. It really isn't. Anyhow, try to pull up uh, pull up the radar. Come on, Peter. Um, I'm sorry. I don't know what's wrong with me today. You know what my problem is today is that today is technically my Friday for the show. Because I will not be here tomorrow or Friday. Because, uh... I do have to um, I have to go visit the Mayo Clinic tomorrow for my annual uh, checkup. Nothing's wrong. I just got to go get uh, got to go get my checkup done. Um, the weather doesn't look like it's going to be all that bad. Oh, I don't know. The weather people saying we're expecting some uh, some weather. Uh, we do have some on the radar that is fairly close to us this morning, so we're probably going to see some of that. But. Um, yeah, the morning commute this morning will probably be a little little on the wet side, so uh, get ready for that. Hang on, where's my mouse? Sorry. I've, I've got, like, there's four different mice. Meese? Is it meese or mice? Um, in the studio, and I just, I'm, I'm an unorganized mess this morning. I don't know what's wrong. However, I will admit this. Hang on. I do have my espresso this morning, so that's a good thing. I've been missing that all week, and it's really thrown me off. I can't be doing that. Um, so anyhow, uh, news going on this uh, this morning. There's uh, there's quite a bit of it. And uh, why in the world is this so smart? See, I'm telling you, this is a hot mess this morning. Normally, things shouldn't be this bad. <laughs> but they are. I've got like my, for some reason, um, a lot of my show prep, my notes, I, I put them in a PDF form. And there's one particular one that I say, I don't know what happened to it, but... Um, I'm going to need binoculars to read it. It went like super small. Um, and it, no, that's not the, oh my goodness. This, this is how it's going to be. Can we hit restart? 
Can we just restart the entire show? Start this over? No? I tried. Uh, anyhow, Joe Manchin uh, yesterday uh, made a little bit of waves. And as we know, uh, Kristen Cinema uh, last week ended up saying, was it last week or this week? I don't even remember. What is today? Today's Wednesday. I am lost. You know, the other problem is, is I walked into the studio this morning and it was 85 degrees in here. I don't know what happened, but the temperatures now dropped considerably. Uh, so my brain, it, it, I can't work in the heat, <laughs> but it is getting down there. So we'll, the whole thing will get together before much longer. Give me a minute. Ooh, ADD, squirrel. But uh, Kristen Manchin, uh, Kristen Cinema, Kristen Manchin, Jesus, what is wrong with me today? You know, I, this, this is just too much of a mess. This is way too much of a mess this morning. We, we w- might want to restart everything. Can we do that? Would it be possible to back up time a little bit? Start the show opener, do it all over again? So Arizona Senator uh, Kristen Sinema, she made the decision to leave the Democrat Party and she ended up registering as an independent. And of course, that got the Democrat Party all riled up. However, she still says that for the most part, she is going to still kind of pretty much sort of kind of caucus with the Democrats. But she has some things that she's not all that keen on. So that'll be an interesting role uh, in the next uh, two years. And, of course, uh, she is uh, expected to be challenged. As a matter of fact, even, um, um, what's his name there? Bernie Sanders has said that he is going to do whatever he can to find a challenger uh, to go after her. And I love it when other politicians do that. And and we see that that same thing um, in the Republican Party. We'll talk about that coming up in a bit. But Joe Manchin. Um, who he's, as they, they've often called him and labeled him the, uh, the, the person who puts some checks on some of the parties, more progressive ideas. He said he wouldn't close the door to switching parties, which is interesting that that was even brought up. Now, whether or not Joe Manchin would actually go Republican is a whole other story. But I do have a question on this one, and I'm not sure who can answer this. But if if you take away the two from the Democrats and they go into and this I don't understand how independent automatically gets given to Democrats in the Senate. But if you if you have the party with the most people in it. Technically, you're the party in control, right? So if the Democrats lose enough people just to go independent. Wouldn't that kind of signal that the Republicans should take over the control of the Senate? And what's crazy is there's also another, there's other rumblings going on right now um, in the Senate with a few other senators who are considering actually going Republican. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. And, And wouldn't that be something, though, if they did that by January and all of a sudden, oh, God, you know what? That makes me scared because then that would put tater tot in control. And I'm not impressed with that guy lately. But uh, on Monday, Manchin was uh, speaking with some of the reporters and uh, said that he wasn't aware of uh, Kristen Sinema's decision ahead of time, but he respects it. And he said that I can tell you that people in the United States are very upset. West Virginia is upset. They don't like the bickering that goes on. They want unity. They want us to work together. And that's what we're trying to do every day. 
And he says, I don't know how you get more independent than I am. And of course, it, uh, he was asked about whether or not he would um, leave the Democrat Party. And he says, I always look at those things, uh, but I have no intention of doing anything right now. And whether I do something later, I can't tell you what the future is going to bring. And he says he'd leave the door open. So it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, with, uh, with Joe Manchin, whether or not he, uh, he flips or not. But another interesting thing when it comes to this independent thing, and this is something that I think the Republicans, most importantly the Republicans, need to open their eyes and pay attention to. I mean, right now, I'm going to be honest with you. I am, I am far, far from being impressed and happy with the Republican Party. I am, I'm so tired of the Republican Party being um, just so stuck in their ways that they don't open their eyes to other things. You know, it's like, and, and it's the establishment people. They're the ones that I can't stand. The establishment people, I wish they would all just shut up, go away, or at least learn a little bit. But a new poll that came out from Gallup uh, is uh, talking about the uh, the independent registered voters. Independents. The last poll that they did on this in October they show that Republicans have a 33% registration. Independents have a 35%. And Democrats are down to 29%. And if that is the case, that brings up a whole lot of questions like, one, why didn't the Republicans do even better in the primary than they did? And I think a lot of that is because of the fact that the Republicans have got their heads so far up their butts and stuck 30 years ago that they don't pay attention. You know, the Democrats, while their message um, has always been horrible, <laughs> it really, ha I mean, the surface of the message is good. Dig down into it a little bit, never very good. And that's the reason why they always win, because the surface of their message is good. They get out there and they talk about, hey, we're the party that is for the, the blue-collar working family. We're the party that's for the LGBTQ. We're the party for the marginalized communities, which I hate the fact that they say it that way. You know, with all the other stupid things that are out there and we hear that, oh my God, that's racist. Why do you always have to say marginal communities or marginalized communities when you're referring to the black community? That's something I don't get with the Democrats. Because, you know, if, if Republicans use that phrase, they would be like, oh, my God, that is code for racist. You guys are racist. Just say it. Say it with me. Black families, black voters, not marginalized. You know that that's how that would go. And, of course, the Republicans are so, <laughs> there's such a bunch of wusses that they don't know how to fight back. And they, that's how they would end up getting labeled. I would just. For once, just one time, I would like to see the Republican Party actually just kick the Democrat Party in the chest. Not physically. Mm. Not physically. But literally just kind of be like, knock it off, you idiots. And call them out on their BS. Because they none of them do it. And those that do kind of do it don't really get any coverage on it. So it's like they didn't do it anyhow. But the Democrat Party for so long, they've been always very good at delivering that message. They never deliver on the promise, but they deliver on the message. And people keep falling for it. 
That's like social media. This is the other thing about the Republicans. I don't understand what it's going to take for them to understand this. Republicans are, it's, it's like they're against social media in every form of, of, of the word. It's like dealing with grandpa who doesn't want to admit that, you know, now there are different forms of communication. You know, when I was a young kid, I just uh, don't care. And that's what I, I that, that's what reminds me of the Republican Party. They're so stuck in their ways. And they don't understand, or, or, or I, don't, I don't even know what it is. Whether it's an under, not understanding or they just don't want to be part of it. But I, I hear this from, from Republican strategists all the time. I see this in Republican candidates all the time and elected Republicans on the, on the national stage and on the big level. They don't want to deal with social media. And like with, with the whole TikTok thing right now. Oh my God, China is just, they're doing nothing but manipulating your videos. No, that's, that's not what's going on. And, and I love this one when, when you hear the Republican Party talk about, well, yeah, and, and Obama was on the floor under the desk with a transgender person. Yep, he was. And we can criticize the content of that video, but here's the deal. They are getting out and marketing to their base. Their base that just also happens to be on social media, just like the Republicans' base is on social media. But the Republicans don't take advantage of it. Instead, they get in there and they, they, they complain and they whine and they make up excuses and they point, oh my God, look, Obama's under the desk with a transgender. Well, you know what? Where is Trump under the desk with a scared mother or a scared voter about the way that the future's going? Where was Tater Tot McConnell on social media? Where was Kevin McCarthy on social media getting a message out there? Hell, where was Marco Rubio with getting the message out there? And I'm not happy with him either. We're going to get into that later this morning. But the Republican Party doesn't understand that social media is a powerful, powerful platform. And they've got to start using it. They've got to use it to get the message out. I mean, just to give you an idea, America, here in America, we have uh, officially somewhere in the, the neighborhood of, and, and by the way, Suzanne, TikTok is not uh, full of child porn. That is incorrect information. However, Twitter is. TikTok is not. That is an incorrect information. That, that's one of the narratives that's out there. But in America, we have uh, roughly 300... 30, 360 million people here in America. In America, there are 233 million users of Facebook. 233 million users of Facebook alone. TikTok has uh, 80 million users here in the U.S. And I can't tell you the, the Twitter numbers and the Instagram numbers because I didn't grab them, but I'm sure that they're up there as well. That is a lot of voters. Think about that. The Republican Party, it, with, with Donald Trump, he won 70, we'll call 74 million votes. 74 million. But there's 233 million users of Facebook alone. 74 million people voted for Donald Trump. 80 million people in the U.S. use TikTok. And that's age 16 and up. 
And yet the Republican Party never wants to use social media like they should. But the Democrats do, and they get their message out. The message may be horrible, but they get the message out, and their base sees it. And the Republicans, in response, it's one of those, oh, well, you know, it's, it's China and the censorship. And yeah, there is censorship, 100%. Anybody that denies that there's not censorship, you got a problem. As a matter of fact, new poll out saying that 60% of Republicans even want to see an investigation into social media based on censorship. And that, that needs to happen. It really does. Because there's a lot of issues going on there. And it needs to be fixed. But the Republicans, they need to get their heads out of their butt. And they need to understand that social media is a huge part of people's lives. 233 million Facebook accounts in America alone. That is two-thirds of our population that is on that. There are more people on Facebook than vote. And yet they don't use it. And believe me, last night, <laughs> last night I had multiple conversations um, with, uh, with people from multiple uh, elected offices, uh, congressional offices. I also had conversations last night with Marco Rubio's people. And it is very obvious about how in Washington, the, the, the Republicans do not understand how to get the message out. And we, we need to change that. We really, truly need to change that. And there's some new information when it comes to the Republicans' battle with TikTok. I, I know that I get on this a lot. But believe me, there is there is some legitimate things that we all need to think about when it comes to this. And I'm going to lay out an argument for you. And look, I don't have anything against anyone who doesn't like TikTok or doesn't like uh, Facebook or any of these other things. Because if you don't like it, don't use it. Nobody should push that onto you. However, there are some things that is not being highlighted in this argument that should be and that we should be thinking about. And I'll highlight that for you coming up in just a little bit. We got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is The Brian Russ Show. You're listening to News Talk at 101. Good morning. Brandy used to tell me, boy. The Brian Rush Show on News Talk at 101. If you're offended by what he said, just know he said it with a smile. The Brian Rush Show is back. Right here on News Talk at 101. All right, welcome back to the show. Good morning and happy Wednesday. So yesterday, the president signed into law the Respect for Marriage Act. And of course, that was a big deal up there in Washington because there's nothing more important right now than taking care of something that nobody's trying to actually end. But whatever, I digress. But during the ceremony, the Biden administration invited a freak show. And that's really the best way to say it. And, and, and I'm not slamming on drag queens uh, when I say that about this particular person. This person's a freak show. Maybe a drag queen, uh, maybe non-binary or whatever else that it is that it, it describes itself, whatever. I don't really care. But it's a freak show, this particular one. Now, I get it that there are some people that just like to do the, the, the drag show thing and, you know, they're not, you know, all that much of a freak of nature or whatever that they're just doing it for the entertainment factor, the attention factor, whatever it might be. But first off, I don't understand what 
the drag queen has to do with the Respect for Marriage Act. I really don't. I mean, I can totally get having the ceremony and having uh, interracial couples, having same-sex couples there to celebrate the, uh, the signing of it and everything. Totally get that. That would make sense. Having the drag queen there to perform and sing, not so much. Of course, this is also a drag queen that um, specializes in doing the, the story time with the drag queen in schools with kids. Well, one of the recent tweets that uh, it, he, it, she, thing, whatever, came out with, it said the kids are out to sing and to, I, I can't say it on the radio, but it has something to do with anatomy and inappropriateness. And that's who we invite out to the White House to uh, sign this ever-so-important historic legislation. What the hell's wrong with this administration? I really, I don't get it. Hang on, we got to take a break for news. We will be right back. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere wear with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Calling out the insanity of the left and doing it with a smile. The Brian Russ Show is back on News Talk at 101. All right, welcome back to the show. Good morning and happy Wednesday. Expect a little bit of a wet commute this morning in. Weather might get a little bit rough uh, later on this morning. We'll keep you up to date. We'll keep an eye on it and see what goes on to that. So the midterm elections, man, there, there's so much evaluating that is going on right now. And some of it, I'm not sure is being done in a way that is, um, well, fair, accurate, um, productive. I love this, watching uh, Tater Tot McConnell and, and some of the establishment um, in, the, uh, in the Republican Party. And you know what? I, I, to be honest with you, I've been really harsh lately on the Republican Party. And I don't want it to come across like I'm anti-Republican because I am a Republican. I'm a registered Republican. I ran for office as a Republican. Uh, I have no intentions of, of really, truly changing my party affiliation uh, anytime soon. 
So I want the Republican Party to, to succeed. I want it to be good. But here's the thing. In order for us to be good, for our, in order for us to defeat the Democrats, we got we to gotta answer to some of the, the failures. And I know that I, I, I always love it when you, when you hear people that, that, uh, that will do the speeches and tell, well, you know what? If you just stay away from the negativity and just focus on the positive. If you focus on the positive all the time, then you're going to allow the negative to continue. And unfortunately, in politics, you have to pay attention to that negative. Keep doing what you're doing to the positive, but focus on that negative and fix it. Because otherwise, you don't win. Because that's where, that's where you lose in politics, is you lose based on the negatives. And right now, the Republican Party has way too much of it. And, and the very first part of the negative that the Republican Party has is called establishment. These clowns that have been there for so long, that have so much power, and they are so stuck in their ways and don't pay attention to anything else, don't really truly listen to the people, they're the problem. That's one reason why I don't want to see Tater Tot McConnell uh, in the leadership, and I also don't want Kevin McCarthy in the leadership. It has to change out. And even in the RNC chair, that has got to be somebody different. It has got to be somebody outside of the box, somebody that understands marketing, that understands messaging, that has the cojones to say what needs to be said and not candy-coated all the time with, the, well, you know, we got to be prim and proper, and we got to take the high road because we're the— Stop taking the damn high road. Every time you take the high road, the Democrats kick your knees out from underneath you because you're up above them. I said it the other day. I think what we need to do is when the Democrats take the low road, dig a damn tunnel underneath them, take, take such a low road at them. Hit them back with what they give you. And that's the problem with the Republican Party is they don't know how to hit back. Maybe what we need to do is get Mike Tyson to run for office, not Herschel Walker. <laughs> but then again... He's friends with Donald Trump, too, so if he lost, it would be all Donald Trump's fault, which apparently is the case. Tater Tot McConnell is now blaming Trump's influence in the primaries for candidate quality and the big problems in the midterm. It's all Donald Trump's fault. I just, curiosity here, how many candidates that Tater Tot McConnell backed Won an election. I'm just curious. How many did Tater Todd McConnell get out there and back? And I'm not talking about, uh, 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 we gotta, we, we got to send somebody over to this particular candidate, so go ahead and run a check for it. Not that type of backing. But get out there and actually do, hey, I'm Tater Todd McConnell, and I support candidate X. That's got to be the best person. He didn't. He didn't get anybody. Mitt Romney. Who did that clown get out there and endorse that won? I can't think of any of them. And yet, here we are. Oh, the whole reason why the, the Republicans didn't run well is because Donald Trump and his influence. Really? Donald Trump, when you look at his influence that was so bad, Donald Trump had 216 candidates win election. All right, I'll give you the negative number two. 19 lost. I don't know about you. I mean, math has not always been my strong suit, but I'm pretty sure that 216 wins versus 19 losses 
and I know this might also even be like something like with sports and everything, which I'm really not good with, but I still, I'm pretty sure that that's a pretty good track record. I'm pretty sure this is a pretty good track record. And of course, Mitch McConnell, he's got to go on about the, uh, the candidate quality. You know, the reason why he says that is because they're not ass kissers that he wants. They're not candidates that are going to be like, oh, my God, it's the great Mitch McConnell. Waving down on their hands and knees and kissing his feet. That's what he wants. He wants candidates that are going to think like him. And the last thing we need is another tater tot McConnell thinking. So he hates the whole idea of these candidates that Donald Trump endorsed. You know, the 216 that won. He hates it. He hates it with an absolute passion. But when a reporter had asked Tater Todd if he expects to take more of an active role in choosing candidates in 2024, he responded by referring to November's midterms election, asserting that he never said there was a red wave on the horizon. And that's true. He didn't. He was like when he was asked, you know, hey, uh, do you think there's a chance that um, the Republicans are going to take back the Senate? Oh, there's a 50-50 chance that's going to happen. Of course, it's a 50-50 chance it's going to happen if you don't get off your butt and get out there and help. You know, the guy who's the head of the party in the Senate, he should have been out there with every single Senate race. Even if you liked or didn't like the person, get out there and be like, you got to vote for this person because we need to win the Senate back. My wife's family told me that uh, I can't can't make sure that the Republicans win because the Republicans are against the Chinese Communist Party, so uh, we we, we just can't do it. 50-50 chance it's going to win. Tater Tom McConnell did nothing. Sure, he was in charge of the uh, uh, of the um, the pack that ended up sending. Uh, I don't even think it was a pack. It was whatever it was that that had control of the money, where he was able to direct it and be like, "Hey, yeah, send some money over to this candidate. Send some money over to that candidate." But Tater Tom McConnell, he hates Donald Trump so much. He did nothing to help Doctor Oz. He did nothing to help um, Herschel Walker. As a matter of fact, the only Senator that really truly, I mean, Rick Scott did get out there a little bit, probably could have done a little bit more, but Lindsey Graham, Lindsey Graham was the only Senator that really got out there to try and help Herschel Walker. And that not exactly the most effective candidate. I mean, let's face it. But if you want to play the fire with fire and do it correctly, where was Tim Scott? Why wasn't Tim Scott in Georgia? being on the forefront. And I love Tim Scott. I think he's a great guy. But where was he? Why were there not more Republicans in Georgia, high-profile Republicans in Georgia, to help? I mean, Herschel Walker, yeah, he may not have been the perfect candidate. And we we, we could evaluate him in all kinds of ways. And um, the reality is, he didn't lose by really that much, and it could have been swayed the other direction. If two things, one, the Republicans learned to market better and answer questions better. And two, the Republicans helped. I mean, where were the brains of the party? God, I hate to say it that way. Coming up to Herschel Walker and going, Herschel, let's have a little conversation back here. Let's talk about this abortion thing. This is how we need to attack this. Instead, they just let him out there just flailing in the wind. Oh, yeah, it's, it's super important that we win that race. Hey, you want to go to dinner? So you've got people like Tater Tot McConnell. You've got people like um, uh, Mitt Romney. 
They get out there and criticize, but they didn't do anything. It's the candidate quality. It's not the candidate quality. I mean, when you get 216 candidates that win, because that's what the people wanted, heaven forbid that we listen to the people. I mean, don't let the peasants speak too loudly. People might hear them. That's like the whole argument with Donald Trump. Now, I'm, I totally get some people are going to like Donald Trump. Some people aren't going to like Donald Trump. Some will want him elected. Some won't. And you know what? That's the greatest thing about our system is that we can make the decision of who we want. But you have like the outgoing governor of Arizona or Arkansas, not Arizona. Uh, going off and saying, "Oh, we need to we need to have somebody different than Donald Trump. Donald Trump, uh, he's he's not going to win the the party. And uh, uh, we need we need a better candidate." And you have Tater Top McConnell coming out and saying that as well all the time. And you got all these other Republican establishment people saying, "Oh, we we don't need Donald Trump." No, no, no. The establishment doesn't need doesn't want Donald Trump. But if the people speak up and say we want Donald Trump, because remember. There's that really pesky document. What document is that one? I know it's hanging in a museum. It's so old and outdated and everything. But in big, huge letters, it says, we the people, not you, the elected leaders. We, we, peasants over here. Hey, look down here. See us? How you doing? We the people. We meant to make the decisions, not you. And I'm so tired of these politicians going, oh, well, we can't have Donald Trump. Donald Trump can't be in it. It shouldn't be him. Well, if we the people decide that we want Donald Trump, then suck it up, buttercup, and get behind it and make sure that we win. It's about us. It's not about you. It's about us. And I love it, too, because you see that some of these same people are like, well, you know, we, we, we should probably get Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis, which, hey. Let me tell you something. I think Ron DeSantis will make a great president. Don't want to give him up too early here in Florida because there's a lot of work to be done. And I don't want to see him get distracted by having to run for office. I mean, I, I really want Ron DeSantis to run, but not now. But there are some poll numbers that are showing that uh, Ron DeSantis is now taking a lead over uh, Donald Trump. And again, I, I pointed this out that depending upon the poll that you look at, and depending upon the day, these polls are flip-flopping back and forth. But the latest USA Today Sulphur University poll has now got uh, Ron DeSantis 23 points ahead of, uh, of Donald Trump. But if these people think that, you know, Ron DeSantis is going to be, you know, their puppet, they're wrong. Sure, Ron DeSantis is going to come in. He's going to give a better speech. He's not going to throw the insults around like Donald Trump did. He will have a better way of speaking. He'll have a better mannerism about him than Donald Trump did. But when you really look at the policies that Ron DeSantis does and the, the policies that Ron DeSantis pushes, the, what Ron DeSantis has for a vision, it's not that far off from Donald Trump's. So you know what will happen is that they'll get Ron DeSantis in there and the same group of people will start bitching about Ronald, Ron DeSantis. Oh, my God, Ron DeSantis, he's the horrible guy. Oh, my God. It's going to happen because all they do is they whine and cry unless they get it their way, and and that's their problem. 233-9988 is the number. Oops, I'm sorry, I missed you. I know you're trying to get in there, but I was yapping and blabbering away. But 
the establishment has got to really get their heads out of the clouds, pay attention to what the people want, and do it that way. I'm so tired of, of, the, of the politicians going against what we the people want and, and not being able to get the messaging out there and standing up and fighting. And you know what? The Herschel Walker thing is a perfect example of how they didn't fight. And, and they constantly give us this whole uh, anti-Donald Trump thing. It's like, great, you know what? You don't have to like Donald Trump. I mean, there, I, look, I could probably spend the rest of the show criticizing Donald Trump, legitimately criticizing Donald Trump, and still tell you that I want him as president. Because there are things that you can legitimately argue. But they don't get it. 233-9988 is the number for the show. Good morning. Welcome to the Brian Rush Show. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, man. Hey, I heard you talking about Trump. I'd like to see Trump get in there for one reason. Revenge is best served cold. He yeah. would serve it cold this time. He would. And, and you know, that that is one of the main reasons why I, I would like to see Donald Trump in. Um, just because, he, here's the thing. Every politician thinks about it this way. Um, no politician goes, you know what? I want to go in there and be president for one term. Nobody does that. You go in there in your first term and you've got a plan. I'm going to get X, Y, and Z done and I'm going to rock the boat, but I'm not going to take on any water because I got to get reelected for my next four years. And then I'll do the other stuff. Donald Trump, if he goes in, he doesn't have that on his mind and he knows what needs to be done. And he's already said it, that the establishment and the deep state and this bureaucracy needs to be dealt with. And Donald Trump rock the boat. He's no. gonna sink it. Oh yeah, he's gonna kick a hole right in the bottom of it, which is what we need. What we need is is, is a candidate like Donald Trump to go in there and decimate the bureaucracy, go after the deep state and expose it more than he already has, and expose the establishment for who they are and make that mess while still doing the great policies that he did before. And then show to not only the world, but to all of America, including Democrats and independents, that your side of this has been really bad. And he can improve things and make things great and then go, by the way, this is my boy Ron DeSantis, and he's going to be your next president. And then let Ron DeSantis run. You know what I'd like to see him do? If a president can only have two terms, let's give everybody only two terms. I, uh, yeah. Because you let them get in there so long, they get stale. Yeah. They get corrupt. Yep. You're absolutely right. We do need some term limits. Uh, I and, and you know what? I never used to really say term limits for those those offices because I've always thought that term limits ought to be based upon our decision and our vote. If we don't like a candidate anymore uh, because he's not doing a good job, we should say, out you go. But we're at this point now where they get so powerful, they get so entrenched that you just can't get them unelected. And and I think that it is time for a term limit. I mean, not necessarily a you can only run two times and that's it. I would be okay with a situation of, look, you can only do uh, two terms in a row of senator, which is 12 years, and uh, two terms or three terms of congressman in a row. And then you have to skip a term. Make it so that they have to, at the very least, skip a term uh, to open it up for somebody else. I think that would be a great opportunity because if we put somebody else in and we go, oh, you know what? I really kind of miss uh, Congressman Bob instead. Uh, In two years, we put Congressman Bob back up in there. You know, give us that opportunity. Like McConnell. He is so dug in, so deep. 
Mm-hmm. You, you, you just have to damn near blow up the whole system to get him out. I know. You almost got to blow up the whole city. I mean, it's, it's so bad, and he's so entrenched. And that's the other problem, too, with the <clears throat> leadership is that the leadership gets so entrenched, and they, they grow such roots that they you can't get them out, and people start, like, you know, treating them like gods, and I've got to dance around the feet, and i got to do whatever Kevin, uh, Kevin McCarthy or, or Tater Tot says, otherwise I won't get on a board. Or Stop that, you know? I mean, yes. it, it's just, it's all got to stop, because otherwise I it gets stale. People, I wish people would just understand. We sent you up there to do things. We didn't set you up there to be friends with nobody. Right. Yeah, I mean, if you get friends in the in the process, great. And, and honestly, I do yes. think that we need to have better unity. I think this this stuff that's going on between both parties. And you know, this past week, I've been watching a lot of the um, the 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 hearings and stuff, or not the hearings, the the speeches that they give on the floor. And from both sides, rather than sitting here going, "Hey, here's an issue. Here's a topic. Here's the problem with it. Here's a solution that I have." Instead, it's the Republicans are this. Oh, the Democrats are that. This Republican that. This Democrat that. It's like, shut up. I mean, worry more about the things that I worry about. I'm more worried about uh, my investments that I have in my retirement. I'm more worried about starting a new business soon, which I don't want to do because the interest rates are so high. I'm worried more about that stuff. The health care, the security of our nation. I don't care if you don't like politician X, Y, and Z. That's your problem. Keep it to yourself. Work, work. Do your job. We send them there to work. That's right. That's what you do. You get up there and you work. Yeah. Why don't get you to send you up there to bitch and bellyache? We send you up there to do a job. Yeah. Get the job done. Then if you got some spare time, you can bitch and bellyache. But do the job first. Right. And you know what? I don't care if they complain. I just don't want to hear the uh, the diversity towards each other. You know, it's like we hear all this stuff about how all oh, America is becoming so divided. Yeah, it's because of the politicians. You know, when when the people keep hearing this message from the politicians, you know, what what are you expecting them to be like? I mean, that's why we're starting to see that. We see all this division that is coming from our politicians and it trickles down because they're you not know, out there to unite people. You know why they're dividing us, don't you? Divide and conquer. Yep. They're, the Democratic Party's been doing that for ever since they've been established. Oh, yeah. And it's working. Yeah, it's working very well. I mean, you look at how divided this country is right now and how easily it could get back together if we could have politicians shake each other's hands and say, let's fight out the details for this policy and then let's go to dinner and let everybody see that we're friends, that we can have a difference of opinions and still be friends. This would make this country a whole lot better. If they get together and write a law that only took 15 minutes to read, if you put one that's <laughs> longer than 15 minutes, they stuff in there you don't need oh, yeah. to be in there. Oh, yeah. And that's, you know, one of the things that Kevin McCarthy does want to bring back and a few other Republicans is the three-day rule, which I support 100%. And that is basically, uh, for anybody who doesn't know what the three-day rule, it is any piece of legislation that is proposed has to have three days between the time that it is it is proposed and voted on so that people can read it. Instead of going, okay, well, it's 4 o'clock, and here's our 2,000-page bill. Uh, we're going to have a vote on it at 6. You know, it, it's like, the, yeah, that's just bad. Nancy Pelosi one time said the most stupid shit I've ever I, heard. I know, I know. Hey, pass it, then we'll know what's in it. I know. No, no yeah. and that's we pass it. That's what it has exactly been, is that everything nowadays is that we have to uh, pass it to find out what's in it. And 
Oh, my God. It's it's just a mess. Hey, man, we're up against our break. Thanks so much for the call. I do appreciate it. I'll talk with you later. Thanks. We're going to do that. Uh, We got to take a break. We'll be right back. This is The Brian Rush Show. Good morning. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, it is the Brian Rush Show right here on News Talk at 101. We got to take a break for news coming up here at the top of the hour. Uh, When we come back, we got a lot to talk about. Also coming up, uh, the 7 o'clock hour, Michael Wilkerson is going to be joining us. We're going to talk about, does America really matter? Interesting topic. We'll be talking about that coming up later on. We got to take a break. We'll be right back. This is the Brian Rush Show. Good morning. Sometimes the only way to stop him from talking is to cut his mic off and play some commercials. But don't worry. He'll probably pick right back up where he left off. More of the Brian Rush Show is next on News Talk at 101. Now. Ladies and gentlemen. Get started. Broadcasting from the shores of the world's most beautiful beaches. This is the most talked about radio show in Bay County. The Brian Rust Morning Show. Melting down snowflakes faster than a blowtorch. And doing it with a smile. Now, here's Brian Rust on News Talk at 101. All right, welcome back to hour number two of the show. Did you hear that story in the news about the KFC? (laughs) I mean, what is wrong with people? If you missed that story, a, a KFC employee was shot because a customer was upset that the store ran out of corn. Corn! And you're going to shoot somebody over it. For me, I really like corn. What do you like about corn? It's corn! A big corn bit It has the juice. I mean, come on! It's corn! I mean, I, I can understand being upset because your favorite thing is not available at your restaurant and everything, but to shoot somebody over the fact that they ran out of corn. That, I'm done. That's it. There, there's something wrong with society. There really is. I mean, imagine before, or appearing in front of the judge. All right. Uh, next case. Uh, let's see. Uh, did... 
Does this... Does this say that you shot a man because the KFC ran out of corn? I mean, seriously. 233-9988. That is the number for the show this morning. Good morning. Welcome to the Brian Rush Show. Good morning, Brian. Good morning. I hear all these polls about DeSantis and Trump, DeSantis and Trump, DeSantis and Trump. Well, number one, Trump is not going to be a player in the next presidential election, okay? So put a big X on Trump, put X. Number two, I think that DeSantis is going to stay in Florida and finish out his term because, let's face it, we are hurricane heaven. Yeah. He's going to take care, take care of his people first. He's going to let them... I, I hope that's the case. I, I I do hope the case well, that uh, that Ron DeSantis does do. stay in Florida, but there's well, he, there's some indications that that might not be the case. Well, there's you know you have these polls. I'll say it again. These polls out DeSantis and Trump. DeSantis and Trump. Mm-hmm. Well, Trump's not even going to be a factor. Why do you say that? <laughs> Look what's going on. Who's going to vote for that guy? Um, you know, I mean, you'd be surprised. Well, I, you'd be surprised well, who would vote be, for him. All right, all right. I'll, I'll be surprised if, if the Trump store moves on Twenty Third Street, but it's moving because nobody goes to it. Um, so. you, you know what? Here's the thing with with Donald Trump. I, I think there's still a lot of underestimating of him, um, and there's still a lot of people that are supporting him. And when you look at the uh, the potential pool right now uh, for twenty twenty four, aside from Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump there really isn't any very viable candidates. I mean, uh, Mike Pence, he says that he wants to run, but every poll that is out there has him polling in the single-digit numbers, like low single digits. Uh, Charlie Crist, uh, not Charlie Crist, um, Chris Christie, uh, also low single digits. Um, you know, everybody else that that is indicating that they want to run is all polling in very low numbers. And, you know, there's so much hatred out there for Donald Trump that, um, you know, I think it's actually strengthening his base a little bit more. And there's a there's a lot of people from the Democrat Party that have kind of switched over and still support Donald Trump. So I wouldn't rule Donald Trump out yet. Um, now, if Ron DeSantis gets into the, the mix as well and challenges Donald Trump, there's there's a lot of concerns that I've got on that. Because, one, I don't think that, that Donald Trump's ego would allow him to lose to Ron DeSantis because I think if he loses to Ron DeSantis, he'll run as an independent and that's just going to Ross Perot the whole thing. Um, but I don't know. I, it, it's, it's still a little too early to see. Um, but yep. right now I don't think that there is aside from Ron DeSantis, I don't think that there is a candidate on the Republican party that can challenge Donald Trump and win. I agree with that, but I just don't think that guy is up to leaving Florida. I mean, he he just he loves the place too much. Ron DeSantis, just by seeing him, yes, of course he does. And, uh, but I, I I think he will run for president, whether it is he will in eventually. Well, yeah, whether it's in twenty twenty four or in twenty twenty eight, he's gonna run for president. But there's there's a lot of indications though that that he potentially might run this time around. So. Again, it is still too early. I mean, we're, we're still bickering and arguing about uh, the midterms. I mean, Lauren Bobit, her thing just became official yesterday. Uh, so they're still finalizing uh, the midterm. So it's still a little bit early. Uh, you know, I think in the next couple of months, I mean, Ron DeSantis has got his new book coming out in February. So, you know, February, March, April, we'll probably start seeing some more candidates popping up because 
Remember, in April, there is yet another whole round of municipal elections around the country. Right. So it's probably going to be, you know, around the April time when we really start seeing some serious candidates get in there. Uh, But again, I I honestly can't name anybody uh, that has the the name recognition or the strength to really go up against uh, Donald Trump other than Ron DeSantis. And it's still up in the air whether or not he's going to run. All right. But time will tell. Have a good day. You too, bud. Time will tell. Yeah. Time will tell. Absolutely. Hey, bud, thanks so much for the call. I do appreciate it. Have a fantastic day. And this is one of these things where it really is too early to tell. I mean, I would love to see uh, Donald Trump get in for the simple reason of he's got the one term and he can do the damage to the bureaucracy and to the deep state that needs to be done. And look, think about how in how much improved this country would be if we were able to get in there and dismantle this bureaucracy that has done so much damage to the country and, you know, how much that would set up the next Republican president. And even if there is a, a burnout factor on Donald Trump after he gets into office and, it, and starts to just tear things apart like it needs to be done, I still think that the American people can get a message. And look, Ron DeSantis can deliver a message too. And that's the other thing, that Ron DeSantis can get out there and he can say, look, you know, these are some of the things that Donald Trump did while he was in president for the last four years. Uh, he took care of all these things. Now, these are the things that we need to continue doing. The Democrats have proven that they screwed up and that they're not very good and vote for me. And he could deliver the good message to sell it for him to be elected. But again, it is still way too early to really determine whether or not, um, you know, Donald Trump is going to be the candidate, whether or not Ron DeSantis is going to run or not, and whether or not there's anybody else that's a viable candidate. 233 is the number for the show. Good morning. Welcome to the Brian Rush Show. Good morning, Brian. Hey, Tom. Hi. How you doing? All right, all right. Uh, again, uh, on President Trump, they need to look back and see how many followers he's got. I think about 76 million. And, um, um, I mean, he's, he hasn't lost his followers. He for hasn't. a man that's been out of the office two years and can draw 30,000, 40,000 people to a rally. Yeah. And, this and, last election... And actually, his followers have grown quite a bit. Yep. In this last election, if these lazy-ass Americans would get their heads out of where the sun don't shine and read the book or either either get the DV, uh, 2,000 mules that... Well, you know, to be honest with you, I think, um, you know, we we can refer to, like, the 2,000 mules, good movie, pointed out a lot of things. I think that the American people are going to feel... um, a lot more pain still in the next year, two years, um, which I think will help the Republican Party, the Republican candidate, whether it be Ron DeSantis or Donald Trump, which I I'm, I mean, it's again, I'm so on the fence on that and still so hard to really make a decision on it. But I think when it when it comes to that, the people are going to still be hurt enough um, and, and things that are still coming down the pike uh, for this country. Um, is really going to wake up a lot of people. I mean, there's some stuff that's going on worldwide right now that the mainstream media is really not covering. But there are some things going down that are not good. And the policies that Biden has instituted are not good. I mean, look, he focuses so much on something like, you know, the Respective Marriage Act. That was such an important thing that needed to be done while the world is burning. And he brings in a drag queen 
who has got a history of saying some pretty vile stuff uh, on Twitter. And, you know, that's that's the important thing. It's like, look, we got we brought in a drag queen for something that has nothing to do with with respect of marriage. Um, so, I mean, there's so many social things that the Biden administration keeps harping on um, and the, the policies are bad. And I think that there will still be enough pain that Americans will end up suffering in the next year, year and a half, that it's going to help, um, you know, Donald Trump if he decides to run and if he ends up being the nominee. Well, Biden has turned the White House. You can take what what goes on in the White House and you can move it to a bar on Main Street in New Orleans and it'll fit right in there. That's a class. Yeah, the White House and president. Today. Yeah, the, the Democrat run White Houses, uh, the past two uh, have not been the classy thing that it should be. I mean, it, it needs because they've got to re, they got to remember this is about the, the world's image and the way that the world looks at America, you know, and, and the, when America, when the world is looking at America and they look at what we are doing at the White House, the symbol of our government. There's a lot of people in the world that are looking at that going, oh, God, really? Like China and Russia and Iran and North Korea. I mean, those guys are enemies. And when they look at what we are doing, you know, they're just shaking their heads like, are you kidding? You know, when our military uh, is not focusing, and our military may be focusing on the backside and the quiet side, but from a lot of things that I see, not so much. But, like, the biggest thing that you get on our military is not that, uh, you know, we're strengthening, not that we're coming out with all these high-tech weapons, not that we're training all this, but no, it's all social gender stuff and all these other things that are going on. That's the highlight of our U.S. military, not strength, but our well, diversity and everything else. It's like, come on, diversity doesn't well, win scary, wars. Well, the scary part of our military is Barack Obama appointed the generals that are in charge now. Yeah, yeah, and that is very true. That's that. And, and y'all got to remember where Barack Obama come from and what he really is. He's a communist. Yeah. But yeah. Bill Ayers didn't him up. Yeah, there, so. there's not a lot of great Democrats that are out there anymore. I mean, at one point there there were some, but uh, definitely not anymore. And and we got to be careful about what's going on. It's 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 just not very good, to say the least. And Ron, and Ron DeSantis, I've said this before, I worked for the Republican Party, and I put hundreds of hours and and uh, I'll just say some money in to get Ron DeSantis elected. Mm -hmm. If he should choose and, and go for president, every one of us, all over this, the thousands of us, if he leaves the state of Florida, we're going to consider like he stabbed us in the back. Yeah, there is that feeling. And stay here, fix our state, and tell the rest of this country to go to hell and fix our own problems. Yeah, you know, in, in a lot of ways, I think that Ron DeSantis, uh, I, again, I, I'm, I'm going to say it, he's going to make a great president one day. But I think right now, uh, with what's going on in this country, Having him in the leadership role as a governor and all the stuff that he's already done in Florida, he can be such a great example to all these new up and coming governors and can be yeah. a shining example of what you can do on a state level and maybe spark other states to kind of step it up a little bit. Um, I don't know. It, I've got a lot of mixed emotions on that. I really don't want to lose Ron DeSantis for two years, but um, I don't know. It's still too early on a lot of things. I would like to see him stay. Uh, throughout the entire four years and and do a knockout job and be that shining example for other governors. Well, maybe he needs to have, open, start an on-job training session yeah. and bring some of these damn governors from these other states to work with him. I, I think that, that that ought to be the case. I think Ron DeSantis and our supervisors of elections 
uh, here in the state of Florida should start doing some training courses for other states. I think that would be a great yeah, thing. Hey, Tom. I got to go. Yeah, I got to go. But remember, Ron DeSantis cost Disney World. No, he didn't cost them. They cost themselves three hundred million dollars. Yeah, there you go. Hey, Tom, we're up God against bless. our break. Got to run. We'll talk with you later. Thanks God for the bless. call. God bless you too. Uh, we got to take a break. We'll be right back. This is the Brian Rush Show, and you're listening to News Talk at 101. Good morning. start off with two words. The Brian Rush Show. Play the radio. Make sure the television, the, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. The, the, the phone. Calling out the insanity of the left and doing it with a smile. The Brian Rush Show is back on News Talk at 101. All right, welcome back to the show. Good morning and happy Wednesday. Get ready. The weather may be a little bit frightful later on today. We'll get an update on the forecast coming up here at the bottom of the hour with WMVP. So yesterday, the CPI number came out, basically the uh, the inflation numbers. And, and I love this because of the response that I'm watching from the Democrats, which just goes to show um, they'll, they'll fall for anything. And of course, when you have Joe Biden, who comes out and he's like, oh, zero inflation last month, zero. Uh, you remember when he said that? Because simply what it ended up happening was there was no growth in the inflation. So there's zero inflation. It's uh, it's the greatest ever. Oh, look what we've done. Uh, because of my policies, it's awesome. Well, the numbers that came out yesterday is now actually, and I'm going to, uh, look, I'll call things out like they are. You know, whether you like it or not, it, it is what it is. Uh, the numbers that came out yesterday for November's inflation was the fifth straight month of slowed inflation. Now, that's great news. It's great news that the inflation is slowing, which is, you know, indications of some slight improvements. But it went from 7.7% inflation rate in October to 7.1%. And that's a good drop. But here's the thing, Dems, um, Joe, is that it's still 7.1% higher than it was last year. That's what the number means. I mean, if it was negative, 7.1, then that would be an even better thing because then that means that we've reduced it even more. But we're still at an inflation rate higher than last year. It's all year to year. And I'm watching all these Dems on, on, on Facebook and other social media going on and like cheering it. That, oh, inflation is down. Well, not really. Sure, it's not as bad as it was last month. But it's still up from last year. And that's how those numbers work. And of course, the other things that are still up, energy is still up 13.1%. Oil and fuel uh, still up. The cost of shelter is up significantly. And of course, we've seen that happening here in the, uh, in the Gulf Coast area for a while. But watching them cheer about how inflation is down and gas prices are down. And, oh, my God, Joe Biden is the greatest president ever. Well, the problem is, is that, sure, while gas prices are down, we're seeing them lower. Uh, he increased them. He increased them to record numbers. So seeing the numbers come down, while it's good, it's not like reason to cheer. It's like the guy that, that sets his house on fire and then calls the fire department. 
you don't encourage him and be like, oh, good job. You called the fire department. Yeah, but he hit, he lit the house on fire. Yeah, but he also called the fire department. So he starts the fire and then calls the fire department. That's essentially what happened with the gas prices. But the Democrats, they, they, uh, they will buy these stories because, look, fancy graphics get put up. Uh, you know, they come out and they, they say the, the, the right lines to people because nobody does research anymore. And that's, that's the other problem. And it doesn't take much to research some of this stuff. But people don't do it because, and let's face it, let's be honest. People's lives are busy. And, and there's so much going on that it's hard to stay on top of all this stuff. But again, it is good numbers that the inflation rate is, is heading in the right direction. Of course, today, uh, the Fed is expected to announce some more interest rates, uh, whether they're going to go up or down or whatever is going to go on. And of course, that sparked all kinds of issues uh, with things like, you know, loans. You know, I mean, why would you want to start a business right now if you've got to get a loan? Interest rates are so high. Uh, you know, and, and even housing. We've seen a slowdown in housing. However, Florida, according to a report that I saw yesterday, is still doing pretty good despite the fact um, that it is uh, the market is kind of slowing down around the country. Not sure what it's doing locally. I'll have to reach out to my realtor and, and find out. But, you know, it, it, is, it is a start in the, in the right direction. But there's still so many things that really, truly need to happen. So coming up at the top of the hour, my guest is going to be on. Uh, we are going to talk with him about uh, his new book and, and really the country, Why America Matters, The Case for a New Exceptionalism. This is going to be an interesting conversation. We'll have uh, our chat with uh, Michael Wilkerson coming up at the top of the hour uh, to talk about his book um, and the challenging, uh, the challenges that, uh, you know, is really facing the nation today as we, uh, we kind of put us on a better path. Because look, the past couple of years, we've not been on a good path. And there's a lot of things going on around the world right now that are not good. I don't know if you watch the riots, but you have riots like Peru, where they, they ousted the president in Peru. I don't know if you saw much of that because mainstream media is not covering it. You also had the, uh, the protests in Iran. You had the protests in China and the protests all over the place that are not just protesting policies. They're protesting the government as a whole. This is going to be interesting to watch the world as they start to go up against some of these tyrannical governments. And the people have said enough is enough. I think the U.S. government should also be paying attention to this. Hang on. We got to take a break for news. We will be right back. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Fighting for our country against those who hate it and doing it with a smile. Brian Russ is back on News Talk at 101. All right, welcome back to the show. Happy Wednesday. So some new news coming out of Washington. 
which kind of got me a little bit worked up yesterday. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. And you know how I feel about this subject because we've talked about it several times, but it is important. It's very important. And some people need to wake up to it and realize, because look, when you don't talk about all the details behind it and you only go half-ass at the argument, you sound like Democrats talking about gun control. We got to make sure that we don't have uh, the fully semi-automatic clips in the Glocks that can shoot 20,000 rounds in 60 seconds. That's how stupid you sound when you come at it uneducated and without all the details and evidence. And that is where I go with social media and the Republicans. This is something that the, the Republican Party has got to wake up to. They really, truly have got to wake up to it. Now, listen. The, the biggest argument out there right now when it comes to social media uh, is TikTok. That is the thing that, that it seems to be the focus of the Republicans. And sure, there are a few Democrats that are starting to come along on this argument too, but it is a huge argument from the Republicans. And there's also a lot of misinformation out there, you know, that, um, that we just don't see being talked about correctly. And we also don't, talk about the wider, broader spectrum and consequences. Because remember, votes have consequences. Elections have consequences. Things that you do have consequences. And the Republicans are not thinking about what's going on with what they are doing with their attack, particularly on TikTok. Now, there is a censorship issue. There's a total censorship issue when it comes to social media pages. Now, there's the argument out there and it's a legitimate argument about how, well, it's a private company. And if a private company doesn't want X, Y, and Z on their uh, product, then it is their right technically as a private company to not allow it. I get that argument. However, I also get the argument about how social media has gotten to a point now where it is the, the, the town square of opinions, the town square of conversation. And look, newspapers, uh, they have certain rights and they have certain responsibilities. And for a very long time, that was the, uh, the town square. And in ways, you could also look at social media um, from not just a political, because it, it's far more than political uh, when you look at a lot of the social media. But it, it is the equivalent of the citizens of the town coming to the town square downtown and having their conversations, having their dances, having whatever it is that they want to do. So it does beg the question, is it time for us to really kind of reevaluate how we look at social media and the influence that they have uh, on the narrative and everything else? Absolutely. I, I think that we, we do need to have that conversation and, and look at it, uh, you know, because the, the whole idea of, of the banning, the idea of restricting, I mean, it, it causes all kinds of problems, and we've seen it. But here's my problem with the Republicans. They look at social media as an enemy. They don't look at it as an ally. They don't look at it as a tool for communication. It is strictly the enemy. I mean, when is the last time you heard of the Republican Party talking about how, you know what we need to do is that we need to uh, 
We need to get together and, and have a, a Facebook ad campaign. We need to have a, a, uh, a campaign on, on Twitter to, to be able to discuss, uh, you know, our message to get it out there. You don't hear them do that. Sure, they've got official Twitter pages. They've got official um, uh, Facebook pages. But do they really use it? And do a lot of candidates use it? No. But the Democrats use this stuff in ways that have been very successful. And as I'm watching some of these politicians talk about uh, particularly TikTok, and I understand the argument uh, with the Chinese government uh, with the fact that they um, that, that they can take the data and on and on. But as, as a very legitimate question, and, and remember, Nora O'Donnell from CBS actually asked this question. What data on my teenage daughter's phone would be constituting a national security threat to America? And that's a legitimate question. There are 48 million young people between the ages of 16 and 24 that are on TikTok. Out of those 48 million people, and there's 80 million, you know, nationwide here in America. But out of those 48 million and out of the 80 million, let's just go with the gold on this one. Out of the 80 million people that are on TikTok, how much of the content on there is really truly a threat to national security more so with TikTok than it is with things like Android, Apple phones, and other apps that are out there. The Republican Party has made TikTok out to be the biggest security threat that we have. And look, I 110% support a, a ban uh, with, uh, with the government saying, hey, look, if you have a government-issued phone, and you work for the government, whether it be in the military, uh, the post office, uh, whatever it might be, anything. You're a staff member for a congressman, whatever. It should not be on your device. As a matter of fact, unless you are in the communications department for any one of these agencies or uh, elected officials, none of these social media apps should be on your government-issued phones. Period. Because sure, there's probably information on there. There's probably emails on there. There's probably phone numbers on there. Uh, there's probably uh, instant messages back and forth, text messages back and forth that you probably don't want to have out because it's government issue. And, and the same thing goes with business. You know, if you own a business and you are issued a, a company phone, you know, I think the businesses should have the right to say, hey, I don't want these apps on the phone that I am issuing to you. Look, I used to have a business phone and that was the policy of the company that I worked for, that none of that stuff was supposed to be on the phone and it wasn't on my phone. I have my personal phone that I have all that stuff on because that's mine, my personal phone. I make that decision to have those apps on there. And right now the, the Republicans are going at this in all the wrong way and it's going to backfire on them and it's going to backfire on them in a really bad way. There's going to be some negative consequences to this. Uh, and it's not going to be just here in America. It's going to be worldwide. Last night, I came across a video from a, a, a TikTok content creator who has, you know, a couple million followers who said, hey, 
um, you know, bad news uh, to all of my followers who the majority of them are from America. And this is a, a content creator from the UK. And he said, hey, um, I, this might be the end of my account. It may go away because America is going to ban TikTok. And that's going to ban 80 million users. Now, I know that people are going to be like, I hate TikTok. Fine, you can hate it. You don't have to participate in it. Nobody's forcing you to do that. But keep in mind, 80 million users in the U.S. alone. And Marco Rubio, along with uh, uh, representatives Gallagher and um, I don't even know how to say the other one's name. Kersa, Mutha, what, what? I don't really care. I really don't because they're stupid. And I'm really disappointed in Marco Rubio on this, but they just came out with uh, some bipartisan legislation. And the, the, the representative that I can't even pronounce, that's a Democrat. But they came out with some new legislation. It's called the, and this is just, to give you an idea how stupid this is, I'm just going to give you the name. Averting the national threat of internet surveillance, oppression, censorship, and influence in algorithmic learning by the Chinese Communist Party Act, a.k.a. the Anti-Social CCP Act. That's the name of the bill. It's about nine pages long right now. And I'm sure that'll grow to like a thousand. But it's a bill that they are strictly going after that one particular app and anything that has to do with the, the Chinese Com Communist Party. Now, granted, ByteDance, who's the, the parent company of TikTok, it is a Chinese company. And in China, there's a law that if, if you do business, that you have to share information with the government. Uh, we can go into that debate about whether that's cool or not, but whatever, that's their thing. But here's what the Republicans are, are, are screwing up on. One, um, while there's 80 million American users, and again, 48 million of them between the ages of 16 and 24, the chances of them having um, information on their phones that are going to be uh, threats to national security is not a realistic thing. Oh, but they can track where our teenagers go and everything that they do. Big whoop. And I say big whoop because the American-owned company, Google, with its Android phones, there are 130 million Android users in this country versus the 80 million TikTok users. There's 113 million Apple users. Out of our population of 330, 40, 50, 60 million people in this country, 243 million people have an Android or Apple device. And both of those devices track everywhere you go. The Android phones, I can tell you specifically, I'm not 100% sure on Apple phones, but Android phones constantly listen in on your conversations. And you know this happens because You'll be off talking to your buddy about that. Hey, you're going to see that new Ford F-150. And next thing you know, you've got Ford F-150 ads popping up on your social media. How the hell did that happen? Because your phone is listening to you. Android and Apple, they both data mine everything that your phone does. And when I say everything it does, that includes where it goes. You've seen, I'm sure, the messages pop up. Hey, you want to vote? Uh, you want to tell us about Bob's hot dog stand that you went to? It's a cart in the middle of the show. How did you know I was at a cart? Because it tracks you. 
And Android doesn't track all this information. Apple doesn't track all this information just so they can have it. They sell it. They sell the data and it'll be sold to anybody who wants to buy it. If China wants to buy it, they'll buy it. And I'm sure they do. So to say that TikTok is the national security threat is just false information. You know, one of our listeners uh, messaged me this morning saying about how TikTok's got all this child porn on it. It doesn't. That's misinformation. It is a lie that has come out. Twitter, on the other hand, is a whole different story. As a matter of fact, with TikTok, the algorithms are so tight on them that anybody that may look like they are younger and their AI is able to actually look at videos that are posted and say, this person looks like they're under the age of 18 and they're in a bathing suit, blocked the content. This is something that happens on a daily basis. And this is something that you are not going to hear from the Republicans. They're not going to tell you this information. Even the Democrats won't tell you this information. But this is how the app works. And let me tell you, the algorithm on TikTok bans things all the time. Things that you go, why are you doing this? It's like, look, look at my account information. I set it up. I said I'm 25 years old. But just because the picture of me in a bathing suit looks like I'm 17, it blocks you. And then you got to go and you got to fight it and prove that, you know, blah, 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 blah. So there are algorithms in there that are in place that protect. Now we hear the argument about, how, oh my God, China's manipulating the videos so they can manipulate the, the election. You know what happened during the election? China wasn't manipulating the videos, but the Democrat Party, in, in addition to those who are on the left, progressive and otherwise, they're making their videos and they're getting out there. Believe me, I, I, can, I can say this with authority because I use the app a lot. And I see this stuff out there. And yes, the Democrat Party has used it effectively as a promotional tool. And those influencers or content creators that are out there have also used the thing effectively. And there are millions of conservative content creators on the app as well that also use it effectively. You know who doesn't? The Republican Party. We hear the Republicans complaining about, oh, look, you know, Joe Biden is on the video on TikTok with this uh, this transgender person. Or they talk about the, the one with Obama, with the, the kid under the desk. Or they even the one where, and this was the dumbest one. It really, truly was. But, it, hey, it was effective. The messages got out there. And that was the, uh, the transgender intern of the day. I mean, it was all fake. But it, it was one of these things where it was like the intern of the day going through the White House. And it was effective. And it was on there. And that was something that the Democrats did. The Republicans didn't. Instead, they stand back and they bitch about it. Look, do we need to address security issues when it comes to these, these apps and all these services? Heck yes, we do. But the Republicans are going about this wrong. And this is where the backfire is going to be. The backfire is going to be that you have 48 million people that use this app right now that in two years from now, all 48 million of them, and I'm sure that number will increase, will be of voting age and are going to be pissed off at the Republicans when they ban the app that they love using. I've already seen the posts. I've already heard from people 
that they have said, I will not vote for a Republican if they do that. That is 48 million people that are in that young age demographic that the Democrats go after the Republicans. They don't even think about going after them. But it's 80 million total. Remember, Joe Biden won the election with 81 million people. Hate the app, love the app, doesn't matter. The pure numbers are out there. Now, here's something else. 750 million people worldwide use the app. Now, here's the other critical thing that is not being thought about, most likely because the Republicans that are fighting this probably have zero clue like Democrats when they argue about gun control. Content creators. Now, those are different from the users. You can have a TikTok account and you could just literally watch videos. You're just simply a user. But there are the content creators. And this has become a new industry. This has become a new career. People actually very creatively, I mean, some things are kind of lame, but very creatively create content that people like to watch. That's why there's 750 million people on the app. You may sit there and go, you know what? Uh, this thing with the, the silly dances or the silly, uh, you know, food things or the, the pets or whatever, that's silly, that's stupid. That's fine, you can have that opinion. But 750 million people think otherwise. 80 million of which are in the U.S. and are voters. Now, when it comes to the content creators, they make money off of their accounts. So they put the effort, the creativity into coming up with this video, whether it be a 15-second video or a three-minute long video. They are making money. And there are a lot of young people, the 48 million, between that 16 and 24, that are making money out of creating content. And it's not pornography. That's not what it is. Sure, are there some suggestive things from time to time? Yeah, but you know what? That is everywhere. And that is a whole other social issue that obviously needs to be talked about. But when it comes to this, if you take away this, the, this form of entertainment from people, this form of communication from people, that's 80 million people that the Republicans potentially could get angry with them. And that is 80 million people that may say, I'm not going to report, I'm not going to vote for, uh, for Republicans. Even if only half of that, if half of that says, I'm never going to vote for a Republican again, that will hurt. Remember, Donald Trump won by 74 million votes. That's what he got. Joe Biden, 81 million. So when you go after this and you take away the entertainment value and you also take away people's careers, their, their source of income, do you think that they are not going to switch to another app and just all out assault against the Republicans? You bet your ass they will. And this will be the worst possible thing that is going to happen. And here's Marco Rubio, who is leading the charge on this on the Republican side by introducing a bill. What this is going to do over the next two years, if this bill was to be passed and this thing was to be banned, Marco Rubio will single-handedly, along with the other couple of idiots that join in on this thing, be taking down the Republican Party. 
because you are going to anger so many people. And I'm really kind of surprised that Marco Rubio is doing that. Last night, I had a conversation with one of his deputy chiefs of staff about this. And he's actually, he and I are going to have a conversation later on today further about this. But this is one of these things that, again, it doesn't matter whether or not you like or dislike TikTok. It doesn't matter the misinformation that you're hearing. And there's a lot of it out there. Trust me, a lot of it out there. This is going to be something that will destroy the Republican Party because you have 80 million people using it and 48 million of that key demo that we need to get for the survival of the party. And honestly, I think it is time to reach out to Marco Rubio and let him know, knock it off. Go after the security of these apps. A hundred percent. Go after the security, make sure they're secure. But to take it away from people, that's what tyrants do. That's not what the Republican Party does. And it is time to reach out to Marco Rubio. And I'm going to post his information for his office on my Facebook page. But we need to reach out to him and tell him, knock it off. Because this is something that is going to be very bad for the Republican Party. I could go on about this, but my blood pressure is going up and I got to bring that back down. Hang on, coming up after the top of the hour, we're going to be chatting with uh, Michael Wilkerson about uh, his new book and the American exceptionalism. Hang on, we're going to talk with him coming up just a little bit. We'll be right back. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Restrictions apply. Now, ladies and gentlemen, get started. Broadcasting from the shores of the world's most beautiful beaches, this is the most talked about radio show in Bay County. The Brian Rust Morning Show. Melting down snowflakes faster than a blowtorch and doing it with a smile. Now, here's Brian Rust on News Talk at 101. All right, welcome back to the show in hour number three. Good morning. Thanks so much for listening. What a welcome to the show. Uh, Michael Wilkerson. Michael uh, is the author of the new book called Why America Matters, The Case for a New Exceptionalism. Michael, welcome to the show. Good morning. Brian, good morning. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on. Your book is, um, this is uh, just the right timing uh, for your book to be coming out because, wow, there's there's a lot of issues going on in this world. And let's talk about it a little bit. What exactly is your book about? So I wrote Why America Matters um, to remind myself and all Americans why this is the greatest country in the world. And I think we're in a period of time where there's a lot of doubt. There's a lot of questions, a lot of questions of who are we and where are we going? How did we get to this place? How do we get out of this mess that we're in? A lot of Americans sense that something is wrong. They don't know exactly what. And I think it's especially true for uh, the younger generations who uh, may have never been taught, may have never understood uh, their own history, their own culture uh, as a people, as a nation. And this book was about uh, helping to inform them and to instruct them, and even perhaps for your or my generation, to remind us of things that we've forgotten or left by the side of the road that we should never have uh, have, have set down. Yeah. Uh, so for me, it was uh, a, a chance to... Uh, inspire, uh, I think, a, a new generation to to love of country and to love of the only place that, that we have to call home. 
Yeah, that, that's that's a great concept on that. And, and of course, you know, it's, what's really scary is that, you know, your generation, my generation, our generation, um, you know, we, we remember what America was. But this younger generation that's coming up right now, and I've seen a lot of studies talk about this, they have no idea uh, what has gone wrong with this country because, you know, you, you've got the younger generation that they've grown up with all of this failure that we're experiencing. And, you know, having a book like this to remind everybody that, hey, America used to really be exceptional, used to be great. Uh, I think this is a great idea to have this book out. Yeah, and I think that was a, a lot of the reason I wanted to write it, to inspire uh, people who understood it. But you know, we've been pretty discouraged in the last few years. It's not been a, a great period uh, in time, but the book is very hopeful. It, it, it explains what's going on, and it shows a path forward so that people have uh, some, some very practical ideas on uh, on what to do and facing some of the challenges we're facing. A good example is the you know over the last couple of years we've seen let's take the parents of Loudoun County getting involved in school board meetings, mm-hmm. uh, taking a more active role, not just sitting back or even complaining on social media, but uh, but doing something, getting involved to help shape their communities at the local level. Yeah, you're right. Uh, that that has been one of the things that I have I've often said that I think that the revolution in this country is going to start in the school boards. And we've been seeing that. I mean, Loudoun County obviously being one of the biggest, loudest ones, uh, but we've seen it over and over again. So much so that even San Francisco, progressive liberal town, uh, you know, recalls some of their members of their school board. So, uh, yeah, that is that is an important thing. Well, what are some of the other big challenges, do you think, that that the, that the country is really facing right now? Well, so I, I mentioned I talked I started the book by talking about some of the, the challenges we're facing. and I book bucket into four different categories. One, the crisis of circumstances. So all the things that we've been going through in the last uh, few years, pandemic, lockdown response, uh, inflation, rising challenge with China, social unrest in our in our own country as one big issue to say, look, look at all these things that are happening. How did we get here? What are some of the causes? The crisis of identity, which I just described as, you know, Americans no longer know who they are. There's a lot of confusion about uh, even whether democracy is helpful or a good idea, or maybe there's something better out there. And then what I call the crisis of institutions, this idea that our government uh, no longer trusts us and we no longer trust them. And you see this, that by the time you get to the point where half of the nation is labeled uh, domestic terrorists, you've really reached the end of the road for reconciliation and something new uh, needs to be done. And finally, crisis of engagement. We, we, we're so confused that we don't know how to engage in good policies in our own country, engagement with other countries. Uh, around the world, so uh, I, I start. I start there and just identify a lot of the issues that uh, that the nation's facing. But really, I think what I try to accomplish more than anything else is not just put out a laundry list of here's everything that's wrong in this nation, but what can we do about it? Here's some reminders of some of the beautiful and extraordinary ideas that made this country great to begin with. You know, we were the first nation in the world to. to really hold this concept of the sovereignty of the people, we the people, this idea that government was only empowered because of the will of of its citizens. And that, in fact, the people were uh, granted inalienable rights given from God that couldn't couldn't be taken away by a government, by a power, and that those rights included uh, freedom and liberty and equality. Uh, These are radical ideas at the time, and believe it or not, they're still radical today because we see governments around the world, including from time to time our own, trying to take them away. So it's very important that we understand those ideas and that we stand up for them and defend them. Yeah, without a doubt. So, Michael, where do you think we went wrong? I mean, because 
yeah. <laughs> I know that's a loaded question. How much time do we got? Uh, where do you think it was roughly that that it went wrong? Because one of the things that I talk about often, um, you know, because we we see this this socialist Marxist kind of. Um, you know, attempt yeah. to change the country. And anybody that knows anything about Marxism and, and, and the, the ideology and how they achieve their goals, you know, we're looking at that in America and going, that's how, what they're doing. That's exactly what's happening in America. But where do you think we went? Where did we go wrong? Yeah, and I do talk about this quite a bit in my book, Why America Matters, which you can find at whyamericamatters.com. I talked about what really began uh, in the cultural and sexual revolution in the 1960s. So a lot of these ideas, these Marxist ideas, uh, in various forms, the communism, uh, socialism, however it emerged, started there. It started in the universities. It grew outward until today, and you see it in forms of the postmodernism and critical theory and identity politics, all of these things, which we kind of ignored as, okay, this is a weird thing off to the side. It doesn't affect me. It doesn't affect my family. It doesn't affect my life. Until it did, until those ideas started to permeate into the public schools, uh, into our culture, into the media, into everywhere. But yes, you can trace this all the way back to roughly 50 years ago and the rise of, of these ideas, these um, uh, postmodernist ideas, and, and including the ideas of the Marxist thought that really began to take root and take hold in our universities and colleges in the 60s and 70s. Hmm. So what do we do? How do we fix this? How do we, so, how do we go forward? Yeah. So part of it, I think the first step has to be um, clearing away the lies, clearing away the misinformation, the disinformation, uh, helping people understand the truth. Again, understanding the truth of their own history, understanding the, uh, where do these pernicious ideas come from, that these are not, not something that just has come out of nowhere, that there's an ideological base. It's uh, based in an objective to, to undermine um, traditional values undermine uh, ideas of right and wrong, that there is a truth out there, that there is something that can be known, uh, ideas of, of God, of family, marriage. So this part of it is um, clearing away the lies, uncovering uh, the untruths, and I think part of that has to do with uncovering some of the, the, the massive deceptions that have gone on, perhaps even things like uh, uh, the Twitter files that are coming out right now. <laughs> That's amazing. It's going to be eye-opening for Americans. Um, but also, but also to understand, understand the values of their own history, understand what made this country great to begin with. I think that's the first step. And then as you talked about earlier, uh, seeing parents and citizens get involved at the local level. One of the things that made America great from the beginning was this very high level of civic involvement, of, of being involved in local politics, being involved in your community, um, standing up. And we've lost that, uh, in the digital age where everyone is sort of internally focused on their own, uh, phones and social media and life. Yeah, and speaking of which, social media. I mean, that that's another thing uh, that we have in this in the, in our world now. That uh, you know, obviously, we're seeing the um, the impact of Twitter uh, with all the the Twitter files coming out and 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 all the 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 damage that was done in the past. What are some of your thoughts on social media? Because I mean, right now we're seeing the Republican Party that is that has got this huge push against TikTok, uh, but they're not thinking yeah. about the the rest of. Uh, and they're 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 going they're attacking it based on the surveillance aspect uh, in the Chinese Communist Party. But hello, let's look at all the other apps that we have here, including just our phones in general, Apple and Androids. I mean, th there's so much surveillance that's going on uh, through social media. Yeah, I do think you know broadly. So first of all, let's let's state something: the technology is neutral. It can be used for good. It can be used for bad. Social media can be used for good. Can be used for bad. Crypto mm -hmm. can be good. Can be bad. Depend on how how you use it. I do talk about in the book the rise of this uh, 
the surveillance state, the, the fact that the government is watching us, is paying attention, you know, seeing everything that goes on in our lives through, through mobile phones, uh, through digital currency transactions, all this sort of thing. There are risks there, absolutely. And there needs to be some restraint on, for example, corporate surveillance through big tech and media. I think it's dangerous to say, well, we're going to just ban this one app or this company. Um, there, are, there are times when that made sense. I think with Weiwei, the Chinese uh, telecoms company that was uh, working on 5, 5G, and when President Trump banned that, that company mm-hmm. from the U.S., I think that was for good reason, because that was clearly a backdoor into Chinese government surveillance of all telecoms in this, in this country, and many countries around the world followed suit. Yeah, and of course, Saudi Arabia, I think, is the one that just uh, signed a deal for Huawei to to do all of their stuff there. It's like, oh, hey. That's that's right, and I think one of the interesting things we see this happening is this shifting uh, around the world, these uh, shifting of alliances between uh, nations. So we're seeing very clearly an alliance, and I talk about this in Why America Matters, a new alliance shifting around China, Russia, uh, Iran, potentially uh, former allies like Saudi Arabia and, and India and others. And the U.S. is going to have to be very careful and very thoughtful about how it engages with the rest of the world going forward for that reason. Yeah, we really do. And and that particular alliance, you know, has strengthened quite a bit just here in, in the past couple of weeks. I mean, you know, part of the way-way thing with Saudi Arabia was part of that alliance. And, you know, yeah. they're, they're now trying yeah. to figure out a, a different um, standard currency away from the American dollar. And, I don't think people realize what is going on with this alliance and how dangerous it'll actually be to the survival of America and our exceptionalism. So one of the things I think that happens is when you, you when you use um, sanctions and use the U.S. dollar as a weapon against your adversaries, eventually you incentivize them, motivate them to find an alternative to that system. So you're exactly right. Following Russia's invasion of the Crimea in 2014, uh, the U.S. put on uh, financial sanctions, economic sanctions, and almost immediately Russia began to develop an alternative payment system so that it could continue to make payments uh, around the world. Well, it's been almost 10 years now, eight years later, they invaded Ukraine, uh, we, we imposed new sanctions, but by now they had already established what, exactly what you just said, uh, an alternative method of payment with the Chinese, with other people around the world, to be able to get around those sanctions. So double-edged sword, obviously, we don't want bad people doing bad things. We want to try to stop them. But sometimes, uh, you know, all we're doing is pushing them further and further into the arms of, of our adversaries, in the arms, in the arms of China. Mm. There's some scary times we're in. Do you think we can, uh, we can get out of this? I do. And one of the things that uh, I, I really enjoyed writing and thinking about in this book was just understanding the resilience of Americans. You know, we're, we're, we sometimes can be slow to, slow to react, but once we do, um, there's, a, there's a deep well of courage and faithfulness in the American people. And I left with a lot of hope and optimism that it's not too late, that America's not dying, America's not, you know, we, we're going through what I call the winter season. It feels death-like, it feels very cold, feels like we're suffering. But there is hope. Like This is the process. Even all of the pain and discomfort that we've had in the last couple of years, whether it was through the pandemic lockdown response um, or some of the, the decisions of the actions of the Biden administration, it only served to wake up and motivate Americans to get out of bed, so to speak, and, and to do something. And I'm hopeful that that trend is going to continue. I think we're seeing it with greater involvement, greater awareness, uh, and as I said before, greater discovery of some of these things that are going to happen. So, yeah, I'm very uh, positive and optimistic about 
where we can take this nation. That's good because that that's what we need. We we need uh, we need that positive, optimistic out, outlook, and, and and we got to do it. We we have to get out there and we got to fight this. This can't just be uh, you know a bunch of rhetoric. It can't be posts on social media. I mean, people have got to get out there and get involved. Uh, and your book, uh, I, I think, would probably pretty much highlight a lot of what we need to do and what's going on. Uh, the book is called yeah. Why America Matters, The Case for New Exceptionalism. Uh, Michael Wilkerson, uh, the author. Where can we get the book? So you can go to whyamericamatters.com or anywhere uh, digital or digital or, or books are sold online, whether Amazon, Apple Books, Google Books, etc. But probably easiest, just go to whyamericamatters.com. Awesome. And I've got a link for that on our Facebook page, too, so through so you can uh, go get that book. Sounds like a great book. Can't wait to dive into it myself. Michael Wilkerson, thank you so much for coming on. Best of luck with the book. And uh, hopefully uh, we'll turn things around in this country and uh, change the direction that we're going. Thanks, Brian. Absolutely. Have a fantastic uh, afternoon and a, a Merry Christmas yeah. as well. Uh, we got to take a quick little break. We will be right back. And again, the book, it's called Why America Matters, The Case for New Exceptionalism. You can grab a link for that uh, on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Brian Rush Show. Hang on. We will be right back. This is The Brian Rush Show. Good morning. This is the most talked about radio show in Bay County. The Brian Russ Show is on News Talk at 101. All right, welcome back to the show. Good morning. Happy Wednesday. Big thanks once again to uh, Michael Wilkerson. Uh, The book is called uh, um, Why America Matters. And uh, you can get that book now. Uh, website link is on my Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Brian Rush Show. So you can go check that out. So, everything else going on in this world right now, I have a question. Because apparently it is, uh, it is worse than any of us see, any of us know. And that is the anti-Semitism. If you listen to the Democrats, America... For some reason now, is got a huge anti-Semitism issue. Now, granted, there have been some people, uh, Kanye West and a few others, uh, high-profile people that have come out and have said some stupid stuff. But here's my question for you. Living an, annual, uh, an average day, do you see this? Is it out there? I mean, is it really, truly out there? And, and that is a question because we seem to see that the Democrats are constantly pushing the hate message. And, of course, the hate message always revolves around the Republicans. Now, being a registered Republican myself and, and being somebody who does hang out with a lot of Republicans, I don't see this. And remember, I'm also somebody that is on social media a lot. My social media, just so you understand, I, and, and, I, and I don't want to make this to sound like it's a bad thing, even though it kind of is. My amount of time that I spend on social media, and it's because of the fact that I do research for the show, mostly. I mean, there's parts of it that I, I do strictly for my own entertainment. But mostly, I am on social media to see what people are saying, what people are doing, what people are feeling. I spend almost as much time on social media during the course of a week than people do at work. I spend close to 40 hours a week on social media. 
there's not a whole heck of a lot on social media that doesn't get past me. And yet I see uh, this argument out here about how America is so racist and there's this anti-Semitism out there that is just horrible. But where is it? I mean, seriously, that is my, where is it? Where do we have this issue? I can tell you one place that there is the issue with it. In Democrat-run cities. I'm just going to throw that out there. But as far as Republicans go, conservatives, I have never seen a conservative website, a conservative content creator on any one of the social medias that I'm on. I've never once seen anybody go on and say anti-Semitic stuff. However, I think we can also point out to, um, oh, geez, let's see, some of the squad members, you know, of the Democrat Party, the progressive members, seeing some of the stuff that they say that is very anti-Semitic. Elon Omar is a perfect example. I also see it on a lot of these man-on-the-street deals where some of these conservative uh, content creators go and they start talking to college kids. And what do you hear out of them? You hear some anti-Semitic stuff. It may not be direct blood stuff, but it's beat around the corner kind of thing, ideology-wise. And now Joe Biden has formed a task force to fight anti-Semitism. The new agency, the interagency group, is going to be charged with developing a national strategy to combat anti-Semitism amid the rising tide of vitriolic rhetoric spewed by high-profile public figures. You know, there's another way of doing this. Because right now, there's a bad message that is being delivered around the world about America. Is America really racist? And believe it or not, I watch content creators from, uh, from other countries that have actually brought up that question. Where they say, hey, to my followers, is America really a racist place? And you see in the comments, Americans coming on going, no. Why do you even say that? Well, because of what we see on our news media, that you guys seem to be a racist place. And if we do have a few high-profile figures that are spewing this rhetoric, it's very simple. Hey, come here for a second. We got to talk. Shut up. That's all you got to do. Get those people to a corner and be like, you got to knock it off. And instead, the Democrats turn around and they make America out to be this racist place. And we got to do something about it. We got to pass a law. We got to have task force to do this. We got to lock people down. All those bad Republicans. When it turns out the ones that are actually doing all of this and spreading all of this hate just happens to be coming from the left. I'm going to buy them a big mirror. Hang on. We got to take a break. We'll be right back. Triggering the crazy left is his specialty. The Brian Rush Show. A news talk at 101 is back. All right. Welcome back to the show. Good morning. and Thanks so much for listening. So... Uh, I got sent a link to uh, one of Marco Rubio's Instagram accounts. And on there, he says, I want to ban at TikTok because they are allowing the government of China to have access to all the private data on every device that downloads the TikTok app. 
Well, unfortunately, I wanted to comment on it, but they limited the number of comments that are out there. Really? You're going to limit feedback? Marco! Marco! And we're not playing Marco Polio here. Um, WTF. I'm kind of disappointed in Marco Rubio on jumping on this one. Because again, to me, this sounds like Democrats when they get on their gun control harp. Oh my God, we got to we gotta ban the, the AR assault rifles because they have those clips that have the Glocks with them with the 10,000 rounds and it can shoot a million off in a minute. When they spew off stupid stuff like that, that's what it sounds like when I hear Marco Rubio and other Republicans doing this. And yes, I totally agree we need to work on privacy issues. But what about the other companies? Why is it that they're focusing exclusively on TikTok? Oh, it's because it's the Chinese Communist Party. Yeah? What about um, Apple? What about Google? Who has more users in the U.S. whose data is being uh, violated, the privacy is being violated on a daily basis? Where's the argument there? Well, it's because you're not giving it to the Chinese government. And then again, the other argument that I have is this. Some teenage girl, some teenage boy, or some young 20-something-year-old that is on TikTok, what information on their phone? What information on there could the Chinese government use that is a national security threat? I mean, think about all the things that are a threat to this, this country right now, like Oh, geez, I don't know. The open border. Do you think that maybe the open border is a little bit more of a, an issue than going after TikTok that 80 million people use? And again, here's my thing about TikTok um, and, and, and the Republicans ban and attack on it. It's not about the data that I'm more concerned about. Because I am concerned. I'm concerned about privacy issues. You know, I don't think that, that companies should be data mining all this stuff. But the reality is, all of our technology, it's happening with all of it. All of it. Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, your Android phone, your Apple phone, any apps that you happen to download, a game or whatever. It is data mining everybody. You know that game that you download on your phone for free? It's not free. They're data mining you so they can sell the information to make money. And yet we see this false narrative coming out of the Republicans. And the problem that I have with this is that, one, the Republican Party has two years to make a difference, to make a positive impact so that we can win in 2024, so that we can take back the Senate in 2024, that we can get more people in Congress in 2024, that we can take the White House in 2024 and turn things around. But when you have 48 million people that are going to be the young voters in 2024, and who knows, they're, by, look, with all the attacks that they're doing on it, they're just going to strengthen the users, and more and more people are going to go on to it. And all it's going to do is it's going to get people upset and they're going to get mad at the Republican Party. Perfect example. How many Republicans do you know that are mad at the Democrats because the Democrats want to take away your guns? 
I know, Grant. I know. Social media app, guns, kind of uh, apples and oranges. Not really. There's still fruit. It's still the government telling you that you can't have something because they don't like it. And you think about how upset the Republicans are at Democrats over that. Think about these young kids that are very impressionable that right now the Republican Party should be getting down and going, hey, guys, you know, we want you to become uh, Republicans and not Democrats. We want you to come onto our side. We want to help you guys. Instead of the Republicans, they just look right past them. Well, damn kids. Well, here's the thing. That particular demographic has people that are influencers that the message that they give out is, hey, boomers, guess what? We're coming for you. And guess what? The boomer demographic is getting smaller and smaller every day. And if the Republicans don't strengthen the base and strengthen the number of people that support them, going to lose. And this is at a point now where we are far beyond whether or not this is politics of left and right. This is about the survival of the country because the Democrat Party, they are not the Democrats of 10 years ago. The Marxist, society, the Marxist agenda has taken hold and they will fundamentally destroy this country if we allow them to have it. And the brainwashing happens with those 16 to 24-year-olds. Those are your college kids that are coming out of college that are being indoctrinated to think that America is a bad place. And rather than focusing on what they should be focusing on, the Republicans focus on, we got to ban it. Oh my God, we got to ban it. How tyrannical and Democrat does that kind of sound? And I'm so disappointed in Marco Rubio. I really am disappointed in Marco Rubio for falling for this. And I, I, I really truly had hopes because um, I, ha I had some email communications last night with some of his chief of staff people. And I'm going to be talking with them later on today to, to get more clarification and, and probably not make friends. But I'm so disappointed that, you know, even Marco, who knows, he knows better that that is not the biggest national security threat that we have. The biggest national security threat that we have is Marxism, socialism, and this progressive movement, which is a small movement. But we are allowing it to grow more and more every day. And this is why I, I really do. I seriously, even if you don't like TikTok, and I don't care if you like it or not, it's not a matter of whether you like it or you don't like it. The thing is, there are 80 million Americans that are on the app. 48 million, which are going to be the future voters. Now, are they going to be Republican voters? Or are they going to be Democrat voters? You go and take away. Not only their entertainment source, keep in mind, there's a lot of content creators, a lot of them, that use that as a job. And they make good money doing it. It's not like a certain other page where you just take your clothes off and take some pictures. Which, why are we not addressing that? But then again, the adult entertainment industry is a multi-billion dollar a year industry, so it's kind of hard to go after that one too. I mean, if people want to do it, let them do it. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. I mean, it's, it's about personal responsibility and personal choice. But the thing is, the Republicans don't realize the damage that they are going to do. And they also have to realize 
that worldwide, worldwide, there are content creators who have a huge American audience. And do you think that is not going to reflect bad on America when these influencers in other countries start going on about how bad America is and they took everything away and because America banned it over there, I've lost so many of my followers and now I'm not making the money that I did before? Sure, we could all go, well, go off and get a real job. Different point, though. This is something that they are making money on. This is something that they enjoy. This is something that they choose to do. And now we have the Republicans here in the country saying, no, you may choose to do that, but we know better than you, and we're going to take it away from you. Holy Democrat, Batman. I'm so disappointed in the Republican Party on that because, look, there is a reality to this that, sure, there are security issues, privacy issues, and that should be addressed 100%. Should government phones and business phones have the app on it? Probably not. And, and should the government say, if you've got a government-issued phone, no, you can't have the app on there? Absolutely. 100%. And aside from people that are in the marketing aspect and the communications aspect, uh, of government, nobody else should have it on those phones, period. I agree 100%. Let's talk about security. Let's talk about your privacy because, look, we all know that our privacy is being eroded every single day. More and more every day. We're becoming more and more of a surveillance state on every app, on your phones, on your internet, everything that you do. Wherever you're driving, there's license plate readers. I mean, our privacy is an issue. And the government shouldn't have any business in our privacy other than protecting it. And where's the Republican Party coming out and saying, we want to protect your privacy? Let's work to protect the privacy. There's so many ways they could do this. Hey, let's get with TikTok and say, hey, look, um, for all of the American users, you need to have a server here in America and that data cannot go, uh, you know, to China. You cannot release that data outside of this country. And if you do, then there's this implication. Of course, the other thing is, right now, America, when America says, oh, we're going to put a sanction on you, you know what that means nowadays? Absolutely nothing. With this new coalition that's coming about, doesn't mean a thing. Because other co this coalition that is being formed around the world is being formed to essentially take down America. And let's go ahead and give them a little bit more ammunition, why don't we? That's why I'm so disappointed in the Republicans for allowing this. And I really, I, I, I want everybody to go ahead and I want you guys to call Marco Rubio's office and I want you to tell him, knock it off. Focus on the security aspect. Without a doubt, focus on the security aspect. But of all social media apps, of all of our technology, and focus on what really matters. And, and this is why I'm, I'm so, ugh, I'm, I'm really worked up and, and quite honestly, I'm pissed off at Marco Rubio for doing this. So and when I hope when I talk to his people later on today, I'm in a much better mood because right now uh, I'm, it's not going to be very nice. But the bill that Marco Rubio is co-sponsoring, it's the Anti-Social CCP Act. I mean, the actual name of it is like a mile long. But they'll know what it is if you tell them about the Anti-Social CCP Act. 
again, even if you don't like TikTok, this is going to be bad for the Republican Party if they get on the bandwagon of banning it. 48 million future voters to the Republican Party are at stake. Remember, Joe Biden won with 81 million votes. 80 million people use that app. The Republican Party have got to be reminded that, that we the voters, we're the ones who get to decide, not them. And with the way that the Democrats want to take this country, if we give it to them, it's over. It is absolutely over for America. We will, we will never be the same. Can we get out of it? Maybe. I don't know. But we're not going to get out of it if we allow the, the Democrats to continue to have power. And when you give it to them by ticking off people, and believe me, I'm seeing the message. I'm, remember, I spend about as much time on social media as most people spend at work in a course of a week. And I am seeing the message already coming across on social media that the Republicans are going to take away TikTok. The Republicans are banning your stuff. The Republicans are doing this. And I'm seeing the message from people that are saying, I will never vote Republican if they do it. I know it sounds silly. That, oh my God, you're never going to vote Republican because they took away an app? Again, this is an app that for many, they make money off of it. And not in a bad way. They just create content and, and they do that. Plus, it's something where people enjoy it. And the government wants to take it away. It's the Republicans that want to take it away. It is not good messaging at all. And we got to make sure that we stop it. 233-9988 is the number for the show. Good morning. Welcome to The Brian Rush Show. Hey, Brian. Hey, April. You know, growing up, if it was always a thing. If, if your dad didn't like the guy you were dating, he told you you couldn't date him. And what was the result of that? You dated him anyhow. Behind your back and you dated him. Yeah. Yeah, you probably <laughs> ended up marrying him. Right. And, you know, you're, you're talking about TikTok and us banning it. No, we have to change that from the inside. We have to convince people here that they don't need to be doing it. Because and you, and you know, quite honestly, I, I don't think that would would work either because, I mean, the social media aspect is, is part of people's lives nowadays. And I, and I really, truly think that even with people that, that are on TikTok, if you, if you came to them and said, hey, look, uh, I know this is something that you enjoy using, but this is a security issue. And what we need to do is address the security issue because we want to keep you safe. You feel better and about it that way. Fine. Yeah. But going ahead that's, and banning it will be bad. But if, if you're going to go after TikTok with this kind of, of, of if, you know, I'm going to brain fart here. But if you're going to go after them, why aren't they going after the fentanyl epidemic? I mean, that is doing more right. harm than TikTok. But see, the, the thing that you're talking about here, it all feeds into the narrative of get rid of people, find a way to eliminate a population um, the, the claims about America being racist, that's another thing that they're doing to destroy, trying to mm -hmm. destroy this country. Yep. All of this, when people understand that all of this falls under the same narrative, that it becomes really clear. And the fentanyl, that's, that is killing people at such a rate, they don't care. You know, 
I've said it yesterday. These politicians are involved in that, too. They're making money. They're making money off of TikTok. They're making money off of all of this stuff. Why do you think they don't do anything to stop it? Yeah, and, and you know, there, there are certain politicians that don't want to stop certain things. Um, and you know, I don't know how much the politicians are really making money off of the social media, but the people really are making money. I mean, there's, there's a lot of money being made by content creators uh, on the social media. You know, and then there's security okay, what, issues what across about the board. The pornography, and you what know, about the pornography, and that's the other thing is that, that you do see some of that in areas, but you know where you see that it, you're not seeing that on TikTok. I mean, they, they try to claim that it's there, but it's not. You see it actually on Twitter. Twitter was so bad, and that's been a movement that you know Elon Musk has been working on. But with Twitter, you can go on there and just with a simple hashtag, you can find all kinds of porn on there. You can't find that on TikTok because they actually have a very strong algorithm that prevents it. I mean, they there's people that, you know, will do TikTok videos at a beach and they may look like they're under the age of 17, 18, and they will get flagged because the algorithm is looking at it going, ah, you look like you're too young. And that's just somebody in a bathing suit. You know, they they do not they do not allow um, pornography on the app. That that's a misleading well, lie. Isn't it because it's it's mostly it's the Chinese that that's not something that they they allow in yeah, their I mean, country. It, it could be, but either way, it's not there, and, and and the 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 lie is being spread that it is there, but it's not. When it's Twitter, the American company that is just filled with it, which obviously is some one of the things that Elon Musk has said he's trying to get rid of, and obviously there's the issue with child porn too, but. They're, they're working on that, but that's a, it's a straight up lie. I mean, it's not there on TikTok because their algorithm prevents it. And probably because of the fact that Chinese government is not for that and they prevent it. So, I mean, there is that. Uh, we have to be very honest about what it's actually out there. And, you know, we have to keep our, our personal emotions away from it and look at it with a, kind of a clear lens. Um, and, you know, it, there's just a lot of bad about banning something like TikTok. Security, I well, 100% agree. That, that needs there to be addressed. Again, it goes back to to uh, the left wing media in this country and what they want to be um, promoted, the lies that they want to promote. And I don't understand that business. I mean, what happened to any honest reporting in this country? Where did it go? Yeah, it's that's just, true. Uh, it's it's you know, and they're they're already starting to bash Donald Trump in such a way that his popularity is on the rise. But yep. you're not going to hear about that unless you're you're reading a right wing uh, website and you're seeing what's going on. You didn't hear anything about all the good stuff that he did in the four years, in spite of all of the confrontation that he had and the pushback. All the good things that he did. Mm-hmm. That's very so, true. You know, you have to you have to pick where you're going. But yeah, I I've never been on TikTok. I've seen them. I've seen stuff you've posted, yep. but I've never been on TikTok. I just joined Twitter because I want to support Musk. Yeah. But uh, in his effort, but I don't like it. I'm, I don't enjoy it. I find the whole thing to be kind of annoying. And you know what? There's nothing um, wrong with I'm that. I'm less and less on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's nothing wrong with somebody not liking it. Uh, but we also have to kind of do this. Well, just because I don't like it doesn't mean that you can't have it. I mean, I understand, right. you know, the child porn thing. You want to make sure we don't do any of that and that type of stuff. And there should be some protections and, and our privacy needs to be protected and everything. But we need to address it the right way and not just go ban it. That's like, you know, gun violence. You don't ban guns because of gun violence. You figure out a solution. 
It's it's really silly. Hey, April, we're up against our break. I got to run. Thanks so much for the call. I do appreciate it. I always enjoy chatting. Uh, we got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is The Brian Rush Show. Good morning. Good morning.